All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. 
that dude just absolutely fucking torched that team, burned it yeah. to the ground, Aww. despite having the greatest hockey player on earth. Um, I guess before we get right into it, do you guys have any comments on Shirelli's tenure in Edmonton? I mean, like his, he won some cups in uh, in Boston, and then he gets hired by the Oilers, and his plan was to go heavy when the rest of the <laughs> NHL was going in the complete opposite direction. Uh, it obviously didn't work out very well. We guys have any anything to add on the Shirelli tenure before we really dive into it? Uh, I honestly like don't think there are many people on Twitter getting shit on. Yeah, anywhere close to as much Australia right now, so there's really not more we can say. If you want some, like, just crazy negative comments, just head over to literally t- Twitter, anything that has a comment section about them, realistically anything. Yeah. Um, I also think there's about, like, a million people making, like, hire me, yeah. I did this tweets, which is hilarious. I did one of those yeah. because, uh, you know, I sent a... Sent an NHL 19 screenshot, you know, that's got to be enough. Kids having a great GM season. Yeah, they they let that guy stick around for that long. They got to be pretty desperate right now. But yeah, I think we're all just in the same mindset that like what took so long, which is the quite obvious where everyone feels. And it's going to be funny, you know, three years from now and we're looking at good players around McDavid, hopefully good players around McDavid and we're like, hey, maybe it was good he he, he slowed him down a bit in the early years because if he gets some good players, he's going to absolutely tear up. Yeah, it's just a pretty major setback either way. It you sucks. Know, you yeah. lose guys for like Eberle and Hall, um, quality pieces of the top six. Obviously, Hall's the MVP last season. Uh, for you know, not nothing. Adam Larson probably you know bottom Man. bottom of the tier that is top four defense, and yeah. I would say yep. uh, definitely serviceable, but not anything near uh, the minutes. value of a Taylor Hall. And then uh, Eberle for nothing at this point. Yeah. Um, just unfortunate, really. Cat space. <laughs> yeah, you just feel for Oilers fans. I'm sure it's a lot of relief. Um, you know, yeah, it's been a long time coming for them, for sure. There's been a lot of questionable moves. Yeah, I could uh, not imagine. And some trades, that. like like the Hall for Lesham trade, like a, a lot of trades, you know, it's easy to look back in hindsight and say who's the clear winner or loser of that trade. We yeah. were, it was pretty obvious from the Very adamant about what the fuck yeah. are you doing when that trade began. Yeah. Well, and the funniest thing was, it was... I don't I don't remember who offered what, but Hall for Subban was on the table yeah. early in the summer, and it was just funny how much better that would have been a return for oh either team, right? Like Clark's is just, just terrible. <laughs> yeah, but I mean for the Habs to get Taylor yeah. Hall instead yeah. of uh, Shea Weber. Weber's great, but you know. He's not Taylor Hall. Yeah. So you kind of alluded to the deals here. I've got a list of his most memorable, awful trades, and this is broken down uh, over time. So the very first one that he made was a first and a second to the Islanders for Griffin Reinhardt. Well, that first became... Matthew Barzell. Yeah. See, that's not totally fair because we're assuming Trelli would have been smart enough to take Barzell with that pick. Yeah, instead of... Which the, I'm sure he would have taken someone twice Barzell's Which size. Boston took three <laughs> players ahead of Barzell yeah, in that draft, yeah. which none have touched the NHL. But I mean, so. Griffin Reinhardt played like eight games with the Oilers. Yeah. 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 Just a terrible... Like a first and second for a guy I who was just like... Was clearly Reinhardt. a bust at that point. Like, it was seemed Sam pretty Reinhardt. Odd. Yeah, exactly. Said no clue. Yeah. Uh, a second, a third... Got a bro? Second, a third, and a seventh for Cam Talbot in a seventh. Decent I mean, deal. Cam Talbot had a pretty good year Decent there, but deal. has fallen the year off. They went oh, to he the got him the best. Yeah. yeah. The year they went to fall off the table a little bit since. Yeah. Well, he's been like team. average to above average goaltender. Forgive him for that. Part of his Decent deal. Except but for the last, like, you know. We're choosing like, teams, I guess. a decent deal among like just pure yeah, shit. Which is going to get worse from here. Exactly. Justin Schultz for a third. I mean. Schultz on ended up becoming a much better defenseman in Pittsburgh than he yeah. ever was in Edmonton. He didn't have to play defense. Looking back, not ideal. 
Uh, Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. It is one for one, ladies and gentlemen. It was. It really was one for one. That'd be the worst trade of like the last twenty years, either. maybe since the Gretzky trade. Me and my buddy were talking about this yesterday. Like, isn't it insane to think, like, as a fan of a team, that there actually is just dumbass GMs out there yeah. that could do something? It's like, imagine being a Devils fan. Like, there's so many Devils fans out there that, like, one day if they I just, saw like, that trade, or, like, that was a thing, and it's like they got rid of like defensive. Fucking Taylor Hall, yeah, like, they're yeah. probably so. And they pumped. were a team that was kind of like it seemed like they were stuck right in that, the that cost, range yeah. where you know they're always finishing 15, yeah. 16, and they're getting older and they didn't really have the prospects. And then you get Taylor Hall. Well, with no one even close to like uh, what Taylor Hall can be, right? Like a no. point per game, nobody, elite point producer. Yeah, hadn't even drafted Heisher yet. Paul Mary hadn't broken out yet. <laughs> but like, it's just crazy to think that there's actually like that could yeah. happen to your team. Like, that, like that would be like I mean I think Larson's better than Zaitsev, but like. Just, like imagine you just play one day it was just like oh yeah Zaitsev for just like a great top six any top six player MVP candidate like it's insane yeah uh, Jordan Everly for Ryan Strom um, and then they ended up trading Ryan Strom this year for Ryan Spooner who ended up getting waived so I still Sorelli's kind of like he the, just got sent down uh, the other day Sorelli's like the keeper game. league GM that you have in your league that's grabbing all the guys who are like 24 first round picks but haven't quite done anything where they're yeah. like you know what though this great junior career this is it Griffin Strong, 16. all of them it's like yeah, yeah. If, he, just, if he would have stayed hired he would have for sure traded for Andre Barakovsky like no, without absolutely. <laughs> but first up, round pick struggling a bit would have given up so much more than he needed to. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and then the last one here was Drake Kajula and Jason Garrison for Brandon Manning and some other guy um so- Manny's fucking terrible. Yeah, no, he's not healthy. Kajula is like Kajula was apparently like one of McDavid's best friends. And I, yeah. I don't, and then like, well, yeah, and they said Man- they were close. It, well, yeah, and then but not only that, him and Connor's Manny, only friends with hockey. Connor, <laughs> Connor and Manny have like just a like, terrible history too. Like Manny just destroyed his clavicle the one year. Yeah, and just rookie. Went, told yeah. me, he was, told me he was happy he did it. Yeah, it was just like insane. Like nothing like reminding the just kid. A, just a. A bunch of bad. Hey, but Connor texted him, man. So hey, broke your clavicle. Glad I did it. Uh, Connor it. deserves better, and maybe he'll get it. We'll see. Uh, I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of crazy, right? Like you, there's something in the water. Did you it's guys see all, that quote? It's, it's just like you let him make a decision, like extending uh, Koskinen for you know three years at four million, and then you fire him like three days yeah, later. It made no, two days later. It made no yeah, sense. Yeah, not a great deal for Koskinen. I, we don't we don't hate Koskinen no. on this podcast. Plus, but it's just such a small sample size to invest into well, a 30-year-old goalie. The, the, the one tweet that it's got kind of a reeks lot of, of Scott Darling, you know? Yeah, exactly. And a lot of tweet that got uh, sorry, a tweet that got a lot of traction after that signing was like basically laying out like the fact that Casey DeSmith is like six years younger and like has Boy. has Boy. better numbers and he signed Get the shaft right now, by the way. He's, I had to drop him in my league and I was so upset about it. Well, Murray's, Murray's playing, playing out of his I know, yeah. but the Smiths like literally got as much in over three years as Costco they got for one year. And yeah, then, I don't know if you guys saw this other tweet. I can't. I, I apologize. Six million dollar one. Yeah, yeah. yeah was that. It was just like Costco's agent was like, "Yo, we'll take uh, we'll take six million dollars, three years, six million dollars." And then, uh, and then it was like Shirelli said, "No, man, that's like Holpy money." And then it was like in the agent's mind, like, "Holy shit, he thinks we mean per year." <laughs> and it was like, "How about four point five? <laughs> yeah. What I don't like about the whole situation is, you know, we all saw this coming, and, and obviously some type of domino fell that made him made him go. But at this point of the year, this is when your GM has to be there, and you have to be making big time trades for the playoff push, like they say they're going to be doing. Now you have this huge kerfluffle, we'll call it, just a big 
fucking kerfuffle. Kerfuffle. Yeah. And but then even if they bring yeah. a guy in, he's got to assess all the assets they exactly. have. What's worth keeping just for the long term? What yeah. they can move to? They're, just, they're the done. Energy. It's a terrible gotta, time. Yeah. Yeah. They'll move up. They'll yeah. move away. I think that's more talk for the fans. I th- you know they can't really seriously expect any GM to no, come and take two, that sort two, of three approach. Weeks I don't even think. I don't it's just such a risky approach to take. The guy doesn't like. He doesn't know anyone really in the organization like internally, right? So to come in and make broad decisions. Besides Connor and Leon, you're like unless they promote. From well, that's where you kind of share it. The guys who can be like quality depth pieces up the road, like uh, I don't know, like yeah. Yamamoto and Puliyarvi are, are two guys that you. Uh, they're talking about trading Puliyarvi. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know. It's you know, it depends you how much you believe in Puliyarvi, right? Like it's so, like yeah, if you can get value for him. Exactly. The draft year seemed like he was an absolute god. Yeah, but if he's like, just another yak bob, like better the, get offloaded. So I, it's a tough spot to be in, and that, that's what I mean. You really want to be more familiar with the player and the situation yeah. for making a decision like that. Well, and that's what I was yeah. going to say. I think though the one thing that we could see, I think there's a, I think there's a strong chance where they kind of just ride the season out at this point, and like you know maybe they make some minor moves at the deadline. But I don't even know if they really even hire their next guy until the off season. Yeah, you like, just let uh, you just, why, yeah. why don't they Bob Nicholson to run a team? No, well he, he can't even run a press conference. So they got they got what? He looked way too happy. Gretzky, Gretzky, Gretzky. Yeah, I know he's just a really nice guy, but he looked like way too happy to be there. Like he had like a smile on his face the whole yeah, time talking to on team. Yeah. I think he can let it leave. Yeah. The one thing before we move on here, the one thing that I kept coming back to him and it kept making me laugh during this whole debacle with Shirelli over the last you know, it really started taking on a lot of steam the last couple of weeks, especially once Spooner got waived and cost gonna deal. Yeah. Um but it, all I get thinking about was just like me, like this kid's got this guy's got like a family and like kids and like they're probably like he just comes home from work and like brings his briefcase and it's just like it's like how was your day and he was probably just like fuck like, <laughs> I am fucked oh, okay. like honey we you know cut back on the spending because I am well, he's getting paid either way so oh, yeah fine. yeah so we always they always talk about like, oh this guy got fired he's still probably take some couple million job. dollars a year like oh shit I got fired I can take the year off and well yeah, they make great money but it's, it is just crazy to think about that how much shit that people were talking about him. Like, his wife's probably like, I guess like a boy. Imagine being his kids. If he has any, they're probably getting like like, chirped. Like, your dad's shit. Yeah. Like, (laughs) you gotta be shit, too, bud. Yeah, no, keyboard warriors are crazy, so. (laughs) Absolutely. Um, before we move on here, the one thing too is I, I, I tweeted that I was yeah, gonna write an article about what would happen if Shirelli never made a trade. Uh, and then the next morning I, I think like to write that article. Had that on their head though. And uh, and somebody tagged me and TSN did uh, did a post on what the Oilers roster would look like if Shirelli never made a trade uh, on Instagram. And it basically the rules was like he doesn't make a trade. They re-sign every RFA. They yeah. don't sign any UFAs. And here's nothing the about the cap though, which was kind of what busted my yeah. balls. About here's that. what the team would have looked like: Taylor Hall. McDavid, Everly on the first line. Terrible. Nugent Hopkins, Barzell, Pooley, Yarvi. Oh, yeah, also the draft picks were the draft picks. Yeah, so yeah. that's why they got Barzell. So RH, Barzell, Pooley, Yarvi. Try settle not on the top six. <laughs> well, the Barzell is just so brutal because it's like if, if any, everyone thought Barzell was that good, he wouldn't have gone through. Yeah, like Zach said, so. Jack Shenzhen went right before. In Trelli's defense, terrible. like throwing Barzell's name around with the rest of them is kind of silly and it's unnecessary. Like, he's fucked up enough times yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, like, like, you don't need to, yeah, yeah, you need to dangle the Barzell yeah. 13th overall pick in his bit. Third line, Benoit Pouliot still kicking in the NHL. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto. Uh, then Kyra Yakupov and Benson on the fourth line. Yakupov. Yakupov's just chilling. Still yeah. there. What? Had to resign? He was Harvey. just better. Yeah. Uh, uh, he was just better because Charlie wasn't there. Nurse Clefbaum, <laughs> Jones, Bouchard, Davidson, and Ethan Bear. And then their goaltenders would be Laurent Brassois 
And Stuart Skinner. My takeaway is the ECHL right now. Farrell, that tending is just so yeah. Shit. I was gonna say my takeaway is this team would still be bad. So uh, there was some risks that needed to be taken yeah. uh, in order to build around mm-hmm. Connor and maybe some picks that could have worked out better than they did. Uh, specifically, Pool U Yarby. I think there's some other people around there that probably oh, could have helped remember? more at this point already. Uh, whether Pool U Yarby can, uh, you know. Kind of turn into that at this point remains to be seen, but they definitely yeah, you know could have gotten like more that. out of that. Do you remember that draft though? Like the Blue Jackets took Pierre Luc Dubois second yeah. instead of Puliyarvi, and like everybody was freaking out. Like it was like, oh my god, like that was well, that was the dumbest decision ever. Like Puliyarvi yeah. seemed like the lock to go number two, and the Blue Jackets just went for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it was. I mean, it's one of those guys. He could just be a late bloomer. I mean, I saw it in my own team with Nathan McKinnon. Uh, it took like four years to get there, so who knows? Well, it was like one year and then two. Like what? Yeah. What, you, what are you doing years and then like it was good. And then by year four, you're like, eh. yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> since we were talking about Shirelli, uh, I'm gonna change the order of the way we're doing things here. Uh, we're talking about a lot of good trades. And a lot of bad trades Whoa, really uh, that happened. So here, Brock. we're gonna before instead of we're gonna talk about some free agent pickups later. But let's go right into trades here. Uh, we're getting to the point in the fantasy hockey season where you gotta be beefing up your roster to try to make that playoff push. You know whether you're sitting first in your division right now and you need to just you know bolster the lineup, or you're sitting kind of on the outside of the playoff picture and you need to make a push to make the playoffs. So. I mean, I guess these guys are by-low candidates in a way, but they're also just guys that we have a lot of confidence in going forward. Um, and they're basically kind of like our trade deadline, fan, fantasy hockey trade deadline targets premature to the fantasy hockey trade deadline. So these are just guys that we like going forward. They are Some of them are guys that we've talked about in recent weeks, and we're going to go back to them, revisit them a little bit. But we want to dive in a little bit on some guys that we definitely want to be looking at uh, targeting right now on, on the trade block. So, Beebs, we'll start with you. Sorry, I know I threw you guys for a loop here and mixed up the order a little bit, but let's go trade targets. Who's your first one? Um, coming out of Carolina, my first trade target is Dougie Hamilton on the back end. Um, it's the guy who, when he got traded in that big uh, Elias Lindholm deal, we expected almost more of a breakout than what we've seen in the last couple of years, which is crazy because among all fantasy-eligible D-man, he is third in league goal scoring the last three years. Um, and he's also right up there with the top 10 in games played. So this is a guy who's known to play 82. Um, he's the first pairing D-man in Carolina. He struggled out of the gate big time. Eight goals, 11 assists to start the year, which is not the best looking. But the one thing that really stands out again is the goals. Shot-wise in the league right now, he's 21st in league-wide shooting. Second among defensemen um, just behind our boy Brent Burns, which is pretty amazing. And he's only shooting 5%. Overall career of 6.8 shooter. Um, if he can even bring it up 1%, he's going to get near the 15 goal mark by season's end. And that is something that if he could put that on my back end, I don't give a shit what you do with assists. Put 15 goals in the net. That's yeah. absolutely amazing. Um, he's almost a lock to get 200 shots every year, which is wild from a D-man. 40-plus points in all the last four seasons, which isn't great. But, I'll, again, I'll still take it out the back of my roster with those goals. Yeah. Um, one thing that is hurting his stock right now is Justin Falk taking that first power play time. But another thing about Justin Falk is I'm pretty sure he's on a contract here this year, I believe. Or might maybe not. I could be completely wrong. Either way, they seem to be giving him less and less time because he's struggling more than Dougie is. Um, and if Dougie can work his way to that first pairing. Nonetheless, I think you get this guy for next to nothing right now. We're 50 games in. People are going to start getting sick of him. They drafted him expecting a number two or even number one D-man out of him. And they're getting a number three or... Well, actually, they're getting a number four D-man out of him. Um, so... 
with what he's doing. I uh, This is a team where the Corsi numbers just make absolutely no sense. They're dominating on all ends. Um, we've seen it. The, the top five Corsi in the league yeah. are all in the play. Uh, top ten. Top 16 Corsi in the league are all in the playoffs except for Carolina, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And they're in the top five in the league. I believe second at the moment. Um, and Dougie's clear underlying just shows exactly what's happening with that team. Um, I like him as a guy you can target. For someone who got off the waiver wire, um, a D-man who's playing hot, Eric Gustafson, someone like that, um, make a move for Dougie. If, 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 you, if you can, the goals are uh, the goals are very nice. Yeah, the 59.3 Corsi 4 plus 6.1 relative Corsi is insane, especially on a team like that. Like, 10 Wild, plus 6.1 yeah. relative Corsi on the Hurricanes is insane. Uh, he has been heating up a little bit recently. Yep. Uh, he Three has been elevated. He's been seeing some more minutes lately. Uh, still not playing... Uh, the, the the top pairing, yeah, he's still the top power play. Playing top pairing, game, which is so little, like yeah, playing the top pairing, but not playing the top power play, which kind of hurts him. The one thing that's very interesting about Dougie Hamilton is I think that this, and I don't know what the asking price would be, but this seems like a guy yep. that could very well end up in Toronto, um, or realistically, or anywhere, anywhere where but I like, think it only helps him. He's not going to get hurt by it. Really. all I ever mm-hmm. see is is that Toronto is. Scouting Carolina, Toronto scouting Carolina, Toronto scouting Carolina. That's all that anybody's talking about. Looking at Carolina's blue line, whether it's Brett Pesci or Doug Hamilton, yeah. it's going to be one if of them. If he goes, yeah, if he goes to Toronto too, slides. I think yeah, no, it's going to be it's going to be Pesci or it's yeah, going to be uh, he's locked. Hamilton, and yeah. if that move would help. And if he stays in Carolina, big deal. <laughs> Which if Carolina was smart, he'd be Pesci. He's going, but yeah, but like Toronto and Toronto and uh, Carolina line up really nice because Toronto does have. A bunch of leftover, not leftover, but a bunch of forwards that they could move because they have so much depth on the wing, and that's kind of what uh, Carolina is starting for right now. They, they, it could be a really nice fit with those two, and I mean, obviously, you want to play Carolina. Right just now. has so many D that Hayden Fleury's playing forward as a <laughs> well, well, no, yeah, he's <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Just as a seventh defenseman. Uh, uh, no, no, plug him in the front. Um, <laughs> it's a. Uh... Yeah, it, and they got JT It's weird because the one thing. Oh yeah, sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but just to uh, go back to your point about Justin Falk, he has uh, two years left on, like this year uh, and one more year left on his deal. Sorry, so I won't begin. Yeah, no, I was just gonna say the one thing we were expecting. I, I think we've talked about it on the show before too. Uh, when Hamilton moved to Carolina was to see increased opportunity, yeah, ice time, things like that. It's actually gone down. He's been, which um, is so to see him under twenty minutes a game and still be up there uh, for shots league wide is pretty crazy. Um, and yeah, definitely a really positive underlying note for him in terms of what to expect moving forward. Yeah, um, his shot uh, shooting percentage and on ice shooting percentage are down slightly. Uh, like they're not drastically low, but they are down from what he's done in his career. Which um, you know there could be a little bit of room for improvement there. Uh, nothing crazy though. But no, I love Dougie Hamilton. Any any guy that shoots as much as he does, and a guy that honestly could be on the waiver or like on the trade block in the real NHL. And any team that's going to be giving up, a, you know, you'd figure a, a decent amount for Dougie Hamilton, they're going to plug him right into their lineup and, yeah. uh, and, and, try, and try to make it work. But, um, D, who is your top trade target? Um, oh, say it. Come on. Let's do it. Let's talk about Vladimir Tarasenko. Nice. Um, seems like we're talking about Tarasenko in some capacity on every show every this week. season. Yep. Well, I got to bring him up here for this segment. I, I think as far as the top tier fantasy players go, you won't find better value on the trade market uh, than right here in Tarasenko. Uh, he's been pretty unlucky at even strength this season, just a 7.1 on ice shooting percentage, well below his career rate. Uh, it's resulted in a drastic drop in assists for Tarasenko. He has just 15 of them in 48 games on pace with 26. 
Uh, he hasn't posted less than 33 assists in a season since 2013-14 uh, prior to his breakout year. So uh, I think he can easily get back to that mark in the second half of the season if the puck luck is just a little bit friendlier towards him. <clears throat> there, There's a lot of upside there. Uh, and I think the nice thing about Tarasenko is that you know it's a very low-risk investment. He's still shooting the puck a ton. The goals are still going to be there regardless. He has 168 shots on goal already this season. He's on pace to finish with 287. Boy. Uh, shooting percentage slightly below his career average, but it's at 10.1%. Uh, you can still safely bet on him getting back to 30 goals this year. I would expect, you know, to get back around that 70-point pace, uh, which, you know, he's really been very consistent towards. Brock always thought he's capable of more, clearly not so, but I, I think he gets back there uh, for the last 30 games. Not that he gets back to 70 points, but he can carry on that pace anyway. Uh, the puck's already started to bounce his way, 10 points in his last 11 games, or 11 games really since the turn of the new year, so it, it's just a sign of things to come, I think. Um, he's, you know, they, he was doing well alongside Shen and Schwartz when they took our advice there. Uh, but he's also seems pretty solid alongside O'Reilly too. So I think either way, uh, whether he's skating with Shen down the middle or O'Reilly, he's in a good spot to produce. Going to be getting a lot of power play time. That power play sucked all year. Yeah, uh, can only get better. David Perron looks practice. like he's slowly starting to yeah. to fill in there and become yeah. the winger. That's I just kind of yeah, Quite healthy. Yeah, it's just, there's just no way things get worse for Tarasenko. Honestly, like uh, oh no, I think from a production standpoint, everything went as poorly as possibly could through the first half of the season, and it's already started to turn for him. So I think still the value is just not quite there yet. Uh, and what are the better guys? The value is there. Yeah. For well, I mean, I mean, his value is yeah, back yeah. up to where it is. Uh, should be. And if you look at the, I mean, they, that team's heating up just kind of as a whole. Uh, I think they're 6-2-1 and one in their last nine. Mm-hmm. They sit currently just three points back of Colorado for the last wild card spot. Uh, same as... Dallas for the second or first wild card spot, and only Vancouver, Anaheim, Arizona, you know, kind of lay in front of them. So St. Louis is going to want to win some games. They they should be a playoff team, and Tarasenko is obviously going to be a driver uh, for them. Uh, speaking of hot teams, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights seems like we talk about this guy a shitload too. I mean, do we just talk about the same guys every week? Or? Is it Pat Reddy that you're going to bring? No, up it's not. Okay. Uh, Jonathan Marshall. So is a guy for me. Uh, I think I just talked about him last week. Uh, or maybe two weeks ago as my second half breakout. Marchie. Uh, and I'm doubling down on him now. Marshall has just four goals, two assists, uh, six points in his last 13 games. But he's averaging an absurd 4.5 shots per game over that span. Uh, the Golden Knights are one of the top teams in the league right now. Marshall is going to start piling up the points uh, in the near future. Uh, you know, William Carlson, not as good as he was last year, as we expected. Shocker. Um, but Brandon Peary's played well. Uh, they've got a really good second line. Riley Smith is on the verge of coming back. Uh, I think Marsha So just with that shot volume alone, like he's going to start piling up the goals. And there's so much talent around him that the assists are only going to start piling up as well. And now is a great time to target him because you know if you know if somebody that clicks on his box score right now it doesn't look great in the last couple of weeks outside yeah. of a hat trick really. Just what you need. Um, and and you want to be targeting him now because when he heats up down the, down the stretch here, you want him on your roster. So Jonathan Marsha still a guy that I love. Not as much as Vladimir Tarasenko. Yeah. Little man with a big impact on your fantasy squad. Yeah. If you can, uh, yeah, if you can turn it around. You're going to talk about John Marchesso 2.0 in a little bit. Am I? You are. I believe I am. But um, for now, I'm going to talk about Sean Couturier 1.0 out, <laughs> out in Philadelphia. Currently, 69% owned. Nice, Sean. Uh, 19 goals, 20 assists. That's after just a terrible start this year. And out of those 39 points, only 7 of them are power play points, which is pretty crazy for a guy who... Plays on the first unit with Claude Giroux and uh, a couple other good pieces out there. Yakub Voracek, uh, you know, 
Shane Goss's bear. Anyways, um, he's currently on a six-game point streak, so his value is extremely high. I wrote this a couple days ago before he got it. He absolutely tore it. That's actually the theme of my write-up this week. Regardless, um, Philly's known for its second-half pushes. They always kind of come out hot in the second half. And Drew's also known to be um, pretty, pretty solid in the second half. I actually looked up his splits, and he averages just a little bit more um, points per game post all-star break than he does at the beginning so it wasn't as obvious as i thought but regardless philly has been known to turn it on um and this team is like st louis i think one that offensively it has a huge opportunity to kind of change it up here we, we have seen the talent do it before um and again playing with Giroux, um it always helps after a huge season last year where he put up 31 and 76 people had super high expectations and i love attacking guys where people have definitely drafted them way too high and are just getting sick of them because clearly the value is going to be way lower there than it should be. Yeah. Um, if he can improve on those seven power play points, I think Couturier makes a huge pickup in the late run. One thing that goes against him is his center-only eligibility, which also might help you if you can move someone who you recently picked up. Regardless, Couturier is a guy who across the board will just get you goals and assists. Um, should be good for a 30-30 this year, which is pretty pretty great on any roster. I would try to make a push now before he uh, continues to heat up. Again, 11 points in his last six games. So. Yeah, hopefully uh, for Flyers fans' sake, uh, you're right, and they continue their kind of second-half trend. Yeah, uh, and Nolan Patrick has n- no whatsoever pressure on taking that top spot. No, he I mean, he has been playing well shit. lately, but there's just no way that happens. Score, like, he had one four-point game. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're still going Drew down the middle right now, right? Yeah. With, uh, but the, the, the thing about that is Katuri and Voracek have been awesome together. Yeah, they've been phenomenal, too. yeah. Uh, and then you still get Giroux uh, in the five forward power play unit, or they were for a time anyway. Yeah, I think they um, still were. They've been in the they've been yeah. on a bye week here. For yeah, yeah, which so, is yeah, I haven't changed. Yeah, anything. but you know, so either way, I think Couturier really at even strength anyway is the driver of possession for sure. Uh, whether he's playing with Giroux or whether he's playing with Voracek, uh, you're really just not going to find a better two way forward in the NHL, and it's going to afford him plenty of offensive chances. Um, and you know, his two way game has always been there. Offensive game, obviously, developed last and year broke out the last oh, year. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I think it's just a confidence thing yeah, as much as anything else, right? And when you're dominating the puck that much, you know, when that confidence is there, you're going to get a lot of chances. So I think his production is going to be pretty reliable. Uh, and like I said, even when he's playing away from Giroux, him and Voracek have yeah. formed a, a pretty serious tandem. You almost want that because you want uh, yeah. him taking on the lesser pair. Yeah, so yeah, they just dominate the shot attempts, scoring chances, high danger chances, everything when they're on the ice. Yeah, together. and they need that right now. Like yeah. they're struggling. They, you know, I mean, Carter Hart's been well, but they're not. Yeah, I don't know if Giroux down, down the middle is going to work long term. I don't. Yeah, I don't. Um, think, I don't think it is. That line gets pretty exposed yeah. defensively, especially when you're talking about a guy like. Uh, well, especially when he's in got JVR. JVR yeah, it's like he's never, you know, never been you know acclaimed for his defensive ability not that he should be either he's been a power play specialist he's a power forward he goes in front of the net right? yeah it's not what we need him for but it's just like you know when you have a defensively suspect Claude Giroux playing center uh, you know it's uh, risky I, I would say and I don't know if it's going to work out in the long term certainly a lot of offense but you know, you know mm-hmm. you're expecting you're going to need Carter Hart or whoever's in net to make a lot of big plays if uh, yeah you're sticking with that Stand on his head. in the long run. Leading up to uh, January 1st last year, they were 16-14-8. and eight. Uh, And after January 1st, they went 25-12-6. That is so many six. overtime losses. Yeah, eight. Even 25-12-6 down the, <clears throat> down the stretch. 14 yeah. total overtime losses. Yeah, it's wild. But, I mean, hey, if they can turn around the second half, Couture uh, will definitely be a driver in that. Uh, but, D, we'll go back to you here. Your second trade target. Uh, I'm talking about an all-star. Oh, Clayton Keller, perhaps the least deserving all-star to be there. Uh, now that Carey Price dropped out. 
I'm trying to think who else. Jimmy Howard. Well, Jimmy's had a good season, though. Had a good year for a little. For what he's working yeah. with. I mean, he's got a 914. Exactly. That's not still terrible. Still the goaltender that, that was worst even. It, it was up there for a while. Which is pretty good even yeah. still. For His a, even strength saved. He was in the top 10 for like half yeah. So, you know, I think Keller probably had, deserved it less than anyone else. But uh, when you're, you're doing the stupid one per team rule. Some guys are going to Super stupid. Even if you look up Keller's NHL.com pick, it's like he has that face like, look, I just snuck into the All-Star game. <laughs> it's definitely yeah, it's it. Look, look at it. Uh, yeah, the kid definitely experiencing uh, somewhat of a sophomore slump, you could say. He's got just 35 points to the first 50 games of the season. His dip in production combined with the inevitable poor plus minus that comes with playing for the Coyotes uh, has made him very frustrating to own in standard formats this year, and you should be able to get him for next to nothing in redraft leagues right now. He's another guy, like Beep said, uh, like Couturier, that definitely got overdrafted this season. Uh, and probably rightfully so, a lot of people expecting him to build on his outstanding rookie season. Uh, so he got drafted a bit above his actual production last season, and he's not even producing at that clip. So I, I think you're going to find a lot of frustrated owners of Clayton oh, yeah. Keller, especially in redraft leagues. You're going to be a lot less patient with him. Um, so I, he's actually on pace for more power play points than what he had as a rookie. 26 is what he's on pace for compared to 20 last season. But he's seen a serious drop in production and even strength. And a lot of that has been out of his control. He spent a lot of time away from Derek Stepan, who experienced a ton of success with last season. Uh, he's bounced back and forth between center and the wing. The Coyotes are still trying to figure out a first line that works. They're so bagged up, too. Yeah. And honestly, him and Schmaltz were playing good together. Yeah. Uh, Pretty suspect defensively, but they're creating a lot of offense anyway. And now Schmaltz well, needed there. Exactly. And then Galchenyuk, they they still can't even decide if he's a center or a wing. No yeah, one ever decided decide if he's a top six player. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, who would have thought that Montreal fleeced him? Then? Yeah. So that inconsistency surrounding Keller resulted in just a seven point five on ice shoot percentage. Uh, it's caused that dip in even strength production. Even last year, he was only like eight point eight percent. So he had a really good year, off not a, you know great puck luck, I would say. Um, so and again, it's almost impressive that he's still managing fifty-seven point pace despite all those things working against still him. Still on pace year. for forty apples. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I honestly think you know that fifty-seven point pace is his floor from here. I think like Tarasenko, just about everything that's gone wrong for him has. I think the surrounding circumstances should improve, but even if they don't, you know you're still getting a viable fantasy asset in standard formats. Uh, I think his trade value is quite possibly as low as it ever will be from this point moving forward, especially if you're talking about keeper leagues. I'd definitely be trying to snake him for next to nothing in redraft leagues right now. Right. I, I think he's one of the best players to go after in keeper leagues, especially. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, just I love things. People get really scared when guys kind of have these down years after breaking out. And uh, like I said, it's been a very frustrating year to own Clayton Keller, so you could probably. They're heating up, though, in Arizona. Oh, yeah. No, that's what's crazy about this whole thing is him being on the down years, how good of a year they've had. Yeah. Um, yeah. Lost all Eric McLarson for a bit now, too. They're just yeah. so late. If he could just get back on Stefan's wing, maybe uh, a Keller, Stefan, and Estroza. Only Ricard Panic sitting in his way. Yeah. Well, pa- alert, so. Panic and him, Estroza, and Stefan would be great to get yeah. I honestly think it's more Hinnestroza, though, because when Richardson and Hinnestroza, yeah. they were dominating they player on the third yeah. line earlier this year. Hinnestroza's great to watch. Yeah, I think he's just a great two way player, and I, he's going to afford a guy like you know Stefan, or especially Clayton Keller, a lot more opportunities than they normally would get in the Ozone. So I, I do think that happens eventually, too. They just seem uh, really content on trying to balance out their lineup. Yeah. Uh, doing the Carolina, let's just put nine. Yeah, and I think they yeah, kind of feel like Stepan and Keller are their best two forwards, which is probably true. Why they split them up. Yeah, that's why they split them up. So. Uh, tough luck for Keller, but I, again, I, I think he's still, like, even if he produces at this clip all year long, he finishes 57 points, I, that's still worth having on your roster. Um and then at the end of the day, I, like the ceiling is just so much higher than that. I just yeah. think it's really worth taking a risk on. 
Uh, and you probably really won't have to in redraft leagues. No. I, you know, I, I have him in one of my leagues. And he kind of just chills there. And, but, like, I wouldn't want to trade him because I know he could heat up at any time. Yeah, but, but so most, most owners aren't as, uh, you know, patient or, yeah, don't know as well. But, uh, you know, the goals, the dipping goals is a little bit frustrating for sure. Yeah. Uh, not shoot the puck a ton this year. But it's just been he's been bouncing around like crazy. So yeah. many different line mates. Uh, different guy positions, that, bro. One guy that hasn't been bouncing around but just seemingly can't score anymore is Patrick Laine. He's a trade target for me right now. Uh, Laine's gone ice cold as of late, scoring just twice with two assists in his last 15 games. How many assists does he have on the year? Does he have 10 yet? I don't even know. He's got like eight or nine. Certainly not enough. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, so he's got four points in his last 15 games. Uh, Let's look at here. What's he got? He's got nine assists. (laughs) Uh, he remains on pace. Twenty-five goals, nice. Yeah, he remains on pace for forty-three Eight. goals, which is actually less than last year. Two, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, on pace for forty-three goals, which is less than last year, despite uh, being on pace for forty-three more shots than last year. Uh, Line A is averaging two point nine shots per game during that ice cold fifteen-game stretch. Uh, it should be only a matter of time before uh, the Finnish sniper heats up again. I mean. We all know how good he is. Uh, put the puck in the back of the net, and you know to see him score twice uh, in 15 games is kind of seems like it's almost out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> uh, so honestly, at this point, I'd be really trying to buy low on him. Uh, similar to Clayton Keller, uh, obviously he's a much better player. Uh, a little bit harder for owners to give up on him. But if there's ever a stretch where you could probably get Patrick Liney, like this is it. Like yeah. it's never gonna his. I don't. I don't think his value will any be ever be lower than it is right now this season or ever like for the rest of his career. And we're never going to call him this- pa- pass Rick. Line. No, not bad, eh? Um, but I'm, I'm with you there. I'm <laughs> with Aaron Brock. I actually I'm eating my words on this one because I took Patrick Line to be my guy to score um, the most goals after the All Star break, like over top of Ovi, who's just going apeshit crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, no, um, if I was an owner of Line A, which I am in even a keeper league, I even found myself the other day thinking, well, this guy's expendable, um, which realistically shouldn't be in a keeper league. Um, and, I mean, so if I'm thinking that in a redraft league, someone's going to be looking to uh, to move him right yeah. away. I, I don't Not know. right away, but they might be looking to. The one thing that ever. No one's going to shoot at 18% forever, right? Like, no. You're going to go through cold stretches. And Still, I, honestly, I think like, yeah, yeah, if the Jets were really worried about his production, Paul Maurice would maybe play him with a better center than Brian Little. Uh, and maybe use you know one of the best playmakers in the NHL and Blake Wheeler to help find him more scoring opportunities. But he doesn't do that. Uh, he's content on getting whatever he can get out of yeah. line A and Little on the second line because he knows uh, you know you can get away with it basically. Yeah. Still on pace uh, for 284 shots. Like shoot the puck a ton, and the guy yeah. with that kind of shot should yeah. just be ripping up. Honestly, possibly a bigger injustice than what's been done to Connor is Patrick Line being forced to yeah. play his first whatever now 200 games in the NHL with. Brian Little. It's still going to score probably 36, 44, yeah. and 43 goals yeah. in his first three seasons. Yeah. But anyway, the time. one the one thing I want to add on line A is if you're a team that's loaded and you know you're first in the division or whatever, this is the type of guy you want to add because you know you got a roster where you can maybe give up a decent piece and buy low on line A because line A is the type of guy come the playoffs that you want in your roster that can fucking score seven goals in a week and win you a championship. Like, so if you're a guy, like, he might not be somebody right now that you want to kind of give Just up. Just go to Finland. Yeah. 
You don't want to give up the farm if you're not like a team that's maybe, you know, not making the playoffs for lineup. But if you are, you know, one of the top dogs in your league and you got a roster where you can maneuver this trade, I think this is a guy that you're going to want in your roster come playoff time and mm-hmm. big time. Because mm-hmm. if he casually has an 11 goal week like he had a exactly. couple weeks ago, exactly. you're going to win. Exactly. Yeah. It's the type of guy you want in your team. I like that risk. So, uh,. We are going to fire it over to the Blue Stones right now. When we get back, we are going to talk a little bit about waiver wire targets. And then, of course, our annual DFO podcast, All-Star Draft. Absolutely. Uh, another bagger. Uh, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll read our teams. We'll, you guys can let us know who's got the best squad. But we'll definitely give you reasons why we picked each player uh, to help you decide. Because, I mean... When it's an all-star game, you know, all three teams are pretty fucking good. They're not bad. They're not bad. But you know who's pretty fucking good? None of them can sing, though, like that guy. (laughs) Enjoy the Blue Stones. We'll see you guys back here in 60 seconds. Broken down, so I walk the line. I drop my wounds and I die. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. I fly low like a broken arrow. Time slows and my vision narrows. I'm out of money. I'm out of time. Sing your hearts out, sing it loud Make me happy, make me proud Black holes, solid ground Black holes, solid ground A thousand voices set on free Because this silence is killing me Episode 20 of the Daily Face-Off Podcast. Uh-huh. Hope you guys are enjoying the show. Hope you just enjoy those sweet tunes from the Blue Stones. As always, check them out on Spotify. Check them out on iTunes. Their new album, Black Holes, out now. Check them out. Windsor Alerts. <laughs> Great guys. Better music. Uh, yeah. Job. We're getting into some wave wire pickups uh, in the second half here. That's our bread and butter. Bread um, and butter. You know, it's what keeps you guys coming back week after week. So, uh, we got to stay loyal. Um... One of the trades, or we're going to talk about trades more this uh, this episode, but... Uh, Shirelli's firing just we had took a loss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but we'll talk about one now, because Brock, your first waiver wire target, recently acquired this week, and a uh, friend of the show... Yeah, don't yeah. <laughs> Friend of the show. Yeah, he might as well be by how much we pumped his tires over the four years we've been doing this now. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've gotten it written down right here. Uh, it should come as no surprise because we have openly expressed our love for Nino Niederreiter on this show uh, over the years. He's finally, finally out of Minnesota. I'm sure you guys saw all of our tweets about him. Nino, Nino, Nino! Finally out of Minnesota where they honestly just constantly refuse to put him in the top six. Like They, they refuse to put anyone in the top yeah. six. <laughs> they, they Except have, for Grant. They, they, they have four. three yeah. third lines. Yeah, they're just too much depth. Yeah. Uh, but they just refuse to it's use true. him there. Uh, but... After starting on the third line uh, in his first game with the Hurricanes, Niederreiter was quickly elevated to a line with Sebastian Aho, 
And the duo has dominated thus far, as you might expect. Shocker. Yes. Did not see that coming. Niederreiter has four goals on 13 shots in three games. And together, the duo has a 61.4 Corsi 4. And they are averaging 40 scoring chances per 60. 18 high danger scoring chances for per 60. Uh, Keep in mind that it isn't just 34 minutes of 5v5 time together. Uh, To put that in perspective... um, Colorado one has what Dylan like seven hundred minutes together. Yeah, so. I think it's like six eighty or something. So I mean, obviously Every it's a small sample size, but it's been beautiful, beautiful hockey so far. And two of the boys uh, that we like to talk about on this show, Nino and Sebastian Ajo, uh, when they get together, we'd expect a lot of coursey magic. And Nino's just a guy that's just been dying for an opportunity, and he's finally got it. I think you know, I just can't believe before I really dive in. Not that I have too much more to say about him. Before I really talk about why I love him as a pickup, that trade just made no fucking no, sense. Yeah, no, it seemed like a Sorelli trade, but like... Yeah. No. What are we doing here? Like, Victor Rask is just not very good. Yeah, and they were not going to get much for him. It didn't seem A little bit younger, but... Just, I like Victor Rask. I, I just think he kind of falls into an awkward spot uh, where he's here. just like... He's a, he's a skilled, talented player, but I, I just think when you line him up with the rest of the league, yeah, I, I don't think he really not top six threatens to make anyone's top six. Not that. A lot of teams like to get you know better two-way play out of the bottom six forwards. So I just think he kind of falls in an awkward spot. Surprising to see them do it, for sure. It was just a weird time to... I don't know. Maybe he, people don't think highly as Nino anymore. He's been traded for, like, what, four times yeah. now? So maybe his trade Not value four, isn't as high. I think it's three, though, right? Three, though, yeah. yeah. yeah it's three. Yeah. So like four. It's <laughs> not quite four. As I said, like But no, the one thing that's Circle crazy four. is that it happened at such a weird time because Charlie Coyle is another guy uh, who was, like, kind of a center, kind of a winger... Didn't really know. They shifted him to center, and fucking him and Parise were playing great together. Like, if Coyle was playing his best hockey at center that he's ever played since coming to the NHL. Yeah. Luke Lucunin looked great. Too. Exactly, that line was great. And then they go out and they Four acquire. Four pick. They go out, go out and acquire Ross, move Coyle right back to the wing. It was just kind of weird timing, and Nito's such a stud, yeah. uh, as we had to say. But, anyways, um, so, anyways, Nito's uh, over percentage has quickly started to climb as you might expect uh, but still remains just 40% owned so 60% of the leagues out there uh, you know a lot of those are team you know 18 leagues and stuff where he might not be totally relevant but if he is available uh, in your league Nito is absolutely a must pick up uh, not only did I want to address him as a pick up I just really want to talk about that trade because I didn't love it it just made no no yeah. sense to me whatsoever I mean I uh, not a great one I think we're a little bit higher on Nito than most <laughs> But yeah. uh, Victor Rask is a guy that I'm not hot yeah. at all. So and even I if we weren't like it's one aggressively one. high like we are on, yeah. I, I think a lot of teams might not have been too crazy on Nino's cap hit either. Just for what um, I, I don't know. I, I just think if you look at the teams that were will, maybe willing to make a move for Nino, not uh, most of them probably didn't have a spot open in their top six, let alone their first line uh, for a winger. So I think a lot of teams might have been hesitant to add that kind of cap hit uh, to their bottom six. Uh, which is, you know, where people seem to think Nino slots in. We obviously think higher than that, so it's cool to see him end up in this spot. But, yeah, I, I think it's pretty clear at this point. Uh, Victor Rask pretty much just, you know, a bottom six center. Just, it's good depth to have, mind you, because if you take an injury uh, to a guy like Koivu or Stahl or even Coyle, Rask can definitely move up the lineup, and yeah. you wouldn't lose a whole lot offensively. Uh, just the two-way play hasn't quite been there for his career, so surprising for sure just the way they tried to sell it though too it was kind of like they were like 
oh yeah, like if he could just find that scoring touch that he had his first year, like if we could just rediscover that. That would be like that's what we're going for, and, it, it, and it, we like his yeah. age. And it was just like you're not really selling yeah. me on the fact yeah. that you love Victor Rask. Like he hasn't been a ship two years. Why are we just all of a sudden think he's going to be a stud again? Yeah, um, and it's almost like his peak is like Nino's floor. Right? Exactly, yeah, exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. The one thing I'll add before we move on here is that I think like outside of you know us, like the average fan would have no idea, but I think that I truly think, and I could be mistaken, but I think that if you put Nino. Aho and Terravina together, like that could low key be like one of the best lines in hockey. Yeah. At, at even check, yeah, yeah, at even check that it would be so nice contract, unbelievable. Like that, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, imagine just that locking that down as your as your top line, and they're just like all making five mil. Yeah. Like, <laughs> nothing. Well, Aho is going to Aho's gonna, gonna, yeah. Aho's gonna push the bank a little. bit. And then meanwhile, sure. Michael Furlan's leaving for what's they want like six and a half. Yeah. Something. Oh my god, he's well, gonna get so much. Oh, you let him run. You absolutely. Uh, him. Oh yeah. But uh, Aho, uh, his camp was asking for Eichel money. He wants ten million a year. Yeah, yeah. I might want to slow down there. Yeah. Well, I think you know you don't ask for yeah, what you, you actually you start. Take. Yeah. 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 But I, that that probably means at least eight. I was just saying, he, I, think but they com- have, I think he comfortably gets yeah. eight and a half. Their salary cap situation is so weird because they're paying like seven defensemen $5 million yeah. a year. <laughs> or, but they have like $26 million dedicated to their blue line and like $21 million dedicated to their forward group, which is totally unusual. Terravine, I think, just became their highest paid forward. Yeah. Obviously, it's going to be Aho. On a great deal. Aho yeah. getting eight yeah, and a half. Yeah, great deal. Aho getting eight and a half or something will be nothing when Scott Darley comes off the books. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, obviously, it's still a lot of cap room to put. Yeah, and, and if they trade Dougie, yeah. Furland goes, and you obviously him. should pay Aho. Yeah. yeah, he's their best player. Yeah, by a mile. But uh, but let's uh, let's move on here. Beams, we'll go back to you. Uh, who's your top? Since you're bringing up crazy foreigners to scoop, I might as well do the same thing. <laughs> um, I got Matt Zuccarello, currently 24. Just talked about his long. He's Norwegian. You know? He is Norwegian. Um, <laughs> as we we clarified last. Not episode. Dutch. I actually had that written in my in my Did thing. Yeah, I just sorry. had to rebring her up. But yeah, 24 percent owned. Uh, eight goals. For eight goals, 18 assists for 26 points throughout 30, 35 games this year. Um, Zuccarello is currently on a five-game heater at the moment. Uh, four goals, five assists. So nine points through five games. Playing incredible alongside Mika Zibanejad. They both just had absolutely massive weeks last week. Um, he was having what seemed like an absolutely terrible season before that. But now he's on pace to tie his career high of 61 points through 82 games. He's missed a couple this year, so he's probably going to end closer to 62 played around there. So, again, um, whatever that goes down to. But he's still, across the 82-game season, would be on pace for a career-high 61 points. Um, he has been, like, one of the so hottest players in his Oh, right and now. no one's looking at him. No, um, and one thing that's actually crazy about him only being 24% owned right now that's kind of blowing my mind is that this is a team that, over the past week, along with Philly, was on their bye week. Um, they're currently on the all-star break. So this guy is not going to have many big breaks going forward through for the last 30, whatever games we have here. Um, so as far as getting the games out of him and not having to pick him up and, you know, keep him on your team for yeah. a week where he's getting one game, you're not going to have to deal with that anymore going forward. He's playing on the first line. We talk about opportunities, first line, first power play again, 24% on speaking of a low key, really good first line. Yeah. The it, Rangers first line has been great. And this is line. also another speaking of dudes who could get dealt um, at the deal yeah. who can make a huge 100%. significant impact. And honestly, someone who I choose as a sleeper to potentially play if Edmonton makes a push, they're not going to make a push, but I say if they make a push, 
maybe a Zuccarello to try to put him alongside McDavid because this year um, he is on a contract year. I have looked that one up, so he is definitely. <laughs> yes. um, so he's looking to play for next year, play for future money. Um, this is a guy where yeah. he's been incredibly and consistent yeah. too. And the Rangers would really be foolish not to try to catch him, try to move him on yeah. this. Him and Hayes are getting traded up. Right up oh yeah, and like it's a, I love uh, Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Like, oh, phenomenal. Third line too. Phil Kessel, Pittsburgh Penguins, Kevin Hayes. Yeah. Take Derek Broussard's spot there because he's damaged. Actually give some opportunities at 5-5. Five five. But, uh, no, I agree. And just the no Rangers way. came out with that whole statement last year talking about how they're going to be terrible for like four years. Yep. Uh, so I, even just like from a public PR standpoint, you'd be foolish to not move this guy. You'd be getting a ton of questions. Not that you know, people yeah. in New York, I think, are totally hung up on yeah. the Rangers right now. Uh, still, it, I, I think if they want to stay consistent in what they're doing, which you obviously do if you come out and make a statement like that, uh, you're gonna look at moving a guy like Zuccarello, who's having you know borderline a, a career year. He's only he's only played 35 yeah. games or what it is, but he's just been oh, doing so well. And yeah, this this run as good as we've ever seen from him. So to try to not cash in on this would be foolish. Uh, you know, just with how values get driven up around the deadline. Yep. You know, you might even be able to fetch like a, a what would be a late first round pick yeah. for this And he's guy sitting on the wire too, which is just wild. Yeah. So, so here it is. I mean, you can almost lock it in. Kevin Hayes is going to Boston, yeah. and Zuccarello is going to. Yeah, well, I'm, it's happening. I'm, I'm there cool it is. with it. I'd be I said Pittsburgh, but yeah. Yeah, I'm saying Boston. Um, okay. But Zuccarello, Zuccarello um, just incredibly consistent in the last couple of years. He's had, in his last five years, he's had 49 points or more in every year, which uh, as far as my fantasy bottom of my roster guy, guys go, I'm normally going to have someone like that there. i put him in there. Um, again, first unit. Him and Zabinajab have just been popping off lately. And my boy Chris Kreitz. And Chris, Chris Kreitz is having a year right now. Too. He's awesome. Um, He's awesome across the board, and he'll take out your goalie for you. But um, only carry, yeah, only carry. But yeah, D, who do you got as your? Um, let's keep it with the skaters. I'll go Paul Stastny here. Uh, Stastny been crazy productive for the Golden Knights this season. He's got 18 points in 19 games since returning from a lower body injury in mid-December, and he's a huge part of what's become a dominant second line for Vegas. Uh, you know, featuring Max Pacioretty and our boy Alex Tuck. Uh, the three of them are averaging 34 scoring chances per 60 at 5v5 and are controlling 56.92% of the shot attempts. Mm-hmm. Some very impressive underlying numbers that suggest this production might be somewhat sustainable for Stastny. He's averaging over two shots per game right now for the first time since the 2011-12 season. Uh, that was still when he was with Colorado uh, Beavis' Avalanche. Woo! His shooting percentage is at 12.2% right now, right in line with his career mark at 12.5%. His online shooting percentage is a little bit higher, 11%. Uh, not that north, or not that far north of his career on ice shooting percentage, which is nine and a half percent. I think he was ten and a half last year. Uh, so eleven, not too far fetched for him. Uh, I I don't know if his near point per game pace can continue. I'd expect it to fall off a little bit, but he certainly has everything he needs to average around a sixty to seventy point pace from here on out. He's got plenty of talent around him. He's playing over eighteen minutes a night, and he's done it. Uh, he's done it all at even strength. He's got just one power play point on the season. Uh, you'd expect some uptick there. That could offset any small dip we see in his 5-5 five five production. The only real knock on him is his position eligibility. He's a straight center on Yahoo, but he's available in over 70% of leagues right now. If you need any help at all, I highly recommend taking a look at Stastny. Uh, you can provide reliable production in the short and long term. I just think he's set up really nicely to produce uh, for the rest of the season. What's his over at right now? 29, I think. It's insane. Yeah. Incredible. So fucking low. That, that second line's Literally, probably the best second line in hockey. Yeah, it's good. Phenomenal. Like yeah. they dominate every day. Like build a DraftKings lineup. It's like, hmm. 
Yeah, I'll play Vegas. And too. they play so much too. They almost got like a Florida thing going on, or at least what Florida yeah, was yes. last year. Twenty twenty, and yeah. they just don't care because that third well, line is brutal. Well, the third line's not terrible. The fourth line, I don't think there's much there. I, I think the fourth line plays like six minutes. The third line is gonna be so good because Riley Smith's gonna come back and he's gonna play in that. Third I honestly think Cody yeah. Eakin's a problem. Like when Ryan Carpenter was centering the line, it was doing so much better. When Eakin, Eakin was up in the line, yeah, yeah, that's right. But, but Stassi's Carpenter's playing with the boy Alex Tuck and the boy yeah. Max Patch, so there's no way he can't dominate. I, I just think it's, it's such reliable line. production. I, I get not getting too excited about it. Your straight center eligibility is like 36 or whatever. But I just think if you know if you run into some injuries yeah. or even just if you're looking to stream a guy from week to week, uh, he's I, I don't I, if his own percentage hasn't jumped up that much. I doubt it really flies up that much. If he continues at a point per game, yeah. you'd hope the general public catches on a little nice bit. Enough. But it's probably going to be a streaming option that's there for the next little while anyway. If you don't really want to invest a permanent spot, I would like roster. this is like a, an opportunity where you could trade. Like if you have three good centers, yeah, trade your third good center for a winger like mm-hmm. Patrick Wine or any of the guys we talked about earlier, and you pick up Stassi. Like he's that good. Yeah. That line is that good. Yeah. One like power play. Tuck is legitimately. Isn't that crazy? He's got 18 even strength points in his yeah. last 19 or 17 even strength points in his last 19 it's games. Fun. Yeah, and he was he was on that first unit too. So they like they they're willing to give him an extended look on the power play. That as well, second so. line's so good that like it's like their number one power play unit now. Yeah, well, Alex like, like is just amazing. He's, he's a god. I know. He's I told him. He's actually fucking a Tota so man. Yeah. I, I I let you guys know that was the dumbest thing that Minnesota could ever yeah. ever done. Just Eric Hall is a throw-in, too. Imagine they get him back. Is he going to be back this year? What's up? I thought he was late. Isn't late. he skating? Yeah, he, he could be back, like, in a Like, he wore skates. Yes. I don't know. Put him on. Tied yeah. him on. No, yeah. no contact. No, he'll, be back. he'll be back. He'll be back. It's, it's a big thing when you break, break your leg, right? It, yeah. If, if, Trocher if, broke his leg. Broke his leg. Yeah. Will he back? He back. If you put... Also a friend of the show. Let's just say Peary plays well. Continues to play well. And Peary plays in the top six. Yeah. If you have a fourth line of... I don't even care who the third piece is, but it, if you add Riley Smith and Eric Howla as your third line behind yeah. that, Ryan Carpenter, Love Ryan and, Carpenter. Yeah, and you put Carpenter. Hopefully, that's what they would do. Do that third Ryan line, Reese, baby. To me, to me, so that, to me that's not what they would do. Though. Like, yeah. I, I think that no, Howla would play on the left side yeah. with Eakin. In the he's in love with Eakin. No. Exactly. Go so on, ha- Carpenter would end up being in the fourth line, which is fine. Reeves, Reeves is not getting out of that lineup. You just looking at Ryan Carpenter. Yeah. No, Reeves might if if Carrier like once Carrier's back to like they Carrier's He's having a pretty good year though. Like Reeves is like this. No, they need to get rid of. But he could play, play on the power play. He just plays fourth line. They need I, to put, I think you take what you get. With they need Ryan to put Reeves. Eke between Carrier and Reeves and get fucking Pierre Mark or yeah, Pierre Edward Belmar out of there. Yeah. They love that guy too though. Reeves having a career year this year. They got yeah, but somebody's got to be scrapped. I know they just got this thing in their head. They'll just send Pierre back. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, yeah. They just got this thing in their head where it's like if he's if he's not gonna play with. Either the top two lines, he shouldn't be in the lineup, yeah, which I don't totally understand. It's insane. It's insanity. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go back to Arizona. We talked about this guy a little bit, just mentioned his name. Uh, Derek Stepan, another guy very similar to Paul Stasty, uh, straight center, 13% owned. If, if, if Stasty's available, absolutely pick up Paul Stasty over Derek Stepan. <laughs> but uh, Stepan is a player we've no. talked about before, specifically me. Uh, he's been a big reason for the Coyotes' recent surge, which we talked about earlier. Uh, Stepan has two goals, four assists, while averaging 3.3 shots per game in his last nine games. Uh, he's a deep league target who, who has carried a 51.3 Corsi 4 despite playing on the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, he's starting to heat up after being limited by a low shooting percentage and on-ice shooting percentage uh, through the first 50 games of the season. Well, I should say first 40 games because he's been heating up in the last 10. Uh, but there should be better days ahead. This team is heating up. As I said, I think three times during this paragraph. 
Uh, but hey, the shows that we talked about, him playing well with him, mm-hmm. uh, whether it's Panic or Keller on the left wing, maybe even Galchenyuk doesn't seem to matter. Uh, if you're in deep leagues, you need a little bit of help down the middle. Again, if you have strong center options and you need to move one for the wing, a guy like Stasty, a guy like Stepan, can you can easily pick up off the wire and just kind of insulate that center position after dealing one of your top guys for a better wingers because there are so many good straight centers out there and these are just two of them. Uh, but I absolutely love both of them. Yeah, um, I'm going to go away from the straight center shoot and take someone who just goes triple position eligibility. Oh my oh. god. Um, Somebody on the wire like that? And this is someone who uh, who I wish we would have recorded on Monday because he has blown up since then. But Frank Betrano out in Florida. John Marshall 2.0, yeah, there he is. Yeah, Daily Faceoff podcast actually tweeted about it saying, um, hey, this guy got moved up to the top six. Maybe keep an eye on him. Well, if you kept an eye on him. Always love Frankie. 5% yeah. owned at the time. Currently 23% owned, 16 goals, 10 assists on the year. Frankie had a huge four-point night the other night, which just put him on everyone's radar, which is the reason for his 17% jump in the last 24 hours. Um, he's currently on Florida's top line with our boy Daddy, Daddy, and Daddy Barkov. Um, both pretty solid, pretty solid uh, players. Players yeah. to go along with uh, along with the um, I mentioned it. Kind of in the tweet, but I said while he's up there, um, keep it on him because it's a guy where if he comes out of that top six, he's not for a while. I don't really want, but right exactly now. right now he's not. Um, he is literally the hottest pick right now. Bukestad's um, coming out of the top six, yeah, he as he should. And yeah, French, French, yeah, Vitrano, Vitrano. Um, he's on pace for 28 goals this year, and that's while playing third line for majority of the year. Um, so now that he's on the top line. Could be on pace for thirty plus, which he's you're literally a guy so much right like now. Jonathan Marchessault at this point in this career. It's it's yeah, I they kind of look. Dude, and he's always he's, he's scored at every level. He's been his, his first full season in the AHL. Thirty six goals, thirty six games. Yeah. That's fucked up. Fifty five points, thirty six yeah. games. You don't do that. You don't score thirty. Nobody you don't score a goal a game in the AHL. That's absolutely ridiculous. Shows that he does have a goal scoring ability. Oh, he's um, Again, um, we mentioned it earlier. Vincent Trocheck is back. This helps everyone on this team. That guy's an offensive juggernaut um and now that their top six is kind of starting to form the fact that you can get Petrano now um hang on to him for arguably the year if he stays up there and uh and at 23 percent, he's probably still out there in one or two of your leagues so keep an eye again all position eligible it's pretty sick yeah uh so Petrano five foot nine yeah Marceau five foot nine Marceau absolutely tore up the AHL during his time there I mean never had 36 and 36 but Pretty much a point per game for, for two seasons, and you know he's J Marks two point Like it, it, there's no other way around. They like look <laughs> the exact same skating out there. We talked about a lot of bad trades today. Can we also just go back quickly to visit the fact that they fucking just gave up the fleece deal? Riley Smith, yeah, like just Riley Smith, Marsh or so, and somebody else too, yeah, uh, just so they could keep Alex Petrovic. Well, it was yeah, it was more to take Riley Smith's contract. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly. what it was, yeah. But like, but and Vegas still needed to get to the floor, right? So they were happy to do it, and then Smith turns into a first line winger. And Marchessault, he's a god. Yeah, well, the two I, of them, yeah. they did their research. We talked about March so when he was on Florida. Yes. I, I talked about yes. him four years ago. Yes. I talked about him when he played with. He'd get called up sometimes. I talked about him first. And he played when he was playing for Tampa. He'd yeah. get called up sometimes, and he scored every time. It was yeah. like period. Yeah. They always just yeah. scored. And yeah. then it was just like, okay, let's just talk. About yeah, it. honestly, the biggest problem with Vitrano, again, it was, it was the usage in Florida. Yeah, how much they would lean on their top six. Uh, they've gone more of an even approach this year, and a lot of that's been because Trocek has yeah. been hurt, I imagine. Yes. But now he's in it. He's in that six. He's Back. in it. He's with Barkov, who's going to be playing, you know, Big Frank. 15, 5v5 minutes a night regardless. Vitrano, 
on the second power play unit. Uh, yeah, it's just a lot of things to like, you know. Just going to be around a lot of offense uh, all season long. So, And when you add somebody like uh, Henrik Borgstrom into the, into the mix too, like... Love Hank. That's what I mean. I think they're going to be a little more balanced now. Like you got Hoffman down. A Love Hank. With, with but they're very... They're, that top nine is yeah, now extremely cool. deep. Yeah. yeah, that team should be doing better. And then you have Jared McCannis in your fourth line. That's great. Yeah. Pretty dirty. Yeah, it's great. Speaking of... Jared McCann, you know, nothing right home about, but if he's your fourth line center, you're in great shape. Yeah. Uh, just me, right? Yeah, just, just you. Okay, Jordan Bennington. Let's talk some tennies. Um, talk to, do you, you love talking tennies this year. Well, I think it's uh, worth mentioning. I find in every single one of the leagues, my forwards and skaters are always filthy because I'm so good at forecasting them. Yep. Uh, but then I'm always scrambling on the goalie end. Not because I'm terrible at it. I think everyone's terrible at it. You can't predict it. Exactly. So I don't invest as much into it, and I try to just make it work as the season goes along. Uh, usually works out more than it doesn't. Uh, in the end, it's sometimes it's the downfall when you don't win any goalie categories. It can cost you a league in a Cats league or a yeah. week in a Cats league. But there's usually some options available. It's not too often, though, you can potentially get a quality starter off the wire this late into the season. And Jordan Bennington might be that. Another down season for Jake Allen and goal. Shocker. So Who saw it coming? Uh, the Blues, even just as recently as a month ago, pretty much linked to every goalie in the NHL via trade rumor. Anyone that might be available, your Jimmy Howard, your Sergei Bobrovsky's. But they might have stumbled across the answer within their own organization. Jordan Bennington has done nothing but impress since being called up by the Blues in late December. He started seven games for the Blues this month, posting a 5-1-1 record along with a 9.36 save percentage. His goals against average hits at 184 for the season, and he's already notched his first career shutout. His impressive run of play has earned Bennington the starting job over Allen, at least for now. Uh, Bennington started seven of the Blues' last ten games. It's worth pointing out, you know, he's been a reputable goalie prospect for some time now. Uh, he was a third-round pick of the Blues in 2011. Backed up Malcolm Subban for Team Canada at the 2012 yep. World Juniors. Uh, I think he started Sorry, the bronze. Yeah. He started the bronze medal game. Yeah, uh, and lost. So he was ahead of ahead of. Subban. Yes, but I, what I'm trying to say is he's not just a total flash of the pan out of nowhere. Uh, he absolutely dominated the AHL over the last two seasons, posting a 9.27 save yeah, percentage I mean, how they haven't across 44 games. So, uh, very much earned an extended look at the NHL level, and he's made the most of it to be sure. I uh, actually vouched for Jake Allen's fantasy value on the podcast probably about a month ago now, uh, and even at the time, I'd said it, I just believe the Blues team, this Blues team, is still good enough that their starting goaltender is worth owning uh, in all formats. And they seem to have everything clicking now and back in order. They sit just three points out of the playoffs, and Bennington's a big part of that. I think it's his job to lose at this point. And like I said, it's just so rare to be able to potentially find a quality starting goaltender on the wire this late into the season. His own percentage is on the rise, but still sits at just 42%. So he's available in almost 60% of leagues. Certainly worth mentioning and uh, worth checking if he's still available in your league and needs some help in yeah. net. Uh, a few other guys... I was looking at that were kind of around. Like Jimmy Howard could provide some value off the wire. He's same thing, around 40%. Uh, Brock, go ahead. Well, well I was just going to say... I just want to mention more names. We're doubling down on him again. He was my streamer for last week. Yeah. And his own percentage yeah. has obviously gone up quite a bit. So, for those of you who missed the bow last week and didn't yeah. pick him up, now is the chance to get in on him. Uh, the other thing I was just going to add is that the Blues obviously showed a lot of... They have a ton of confidence in this kid, and they're not going to be scared to run with him because mm-hmm. they waived Chad Johnson. Like They got rid of him just so that they you know, they could bring Bennington... Like they brought Bennington up, and they were like, whatever, and they just let him go. And then Ryan Miller got hurt. Kind of was like a, a thing that they probably shouldn't have lost Johnson, but they did. But they 
did it because they believed in this kid, and they're obviously yeah. not going to go away from him when he's playing well. Mm-hmm. And now it's going to be your time to grab him. He just lost. Um, yeah. Just as, well, we're not going to say lit up, but I mean, it's 800 save percentage, whatever. So yeah. people are starting he's, to. He's be oh, fine. Howard's oh, at he's 40. Yeah. Howard's at 45%. Thomas Grice is at 43%. Uh, I think he's worth owning. He's been outstanding this year, and he's done it before to be really good in short stretches. Uh, and the Islanders team is just clicking right now. I don't think it's, you know, I wouldn't bet on it in the long term, but definitely worth uh, picking up if you need help. Yeah. Uh, Carter Hart, 40%. Uh, and then I'm totally fine adding Carter Hart. Drew Bauer is worth playing whenever he plays. Thatcher Demko's worth the I was going to say Thatcher yeah. another one. I don't yeah. know how much he's going to play. They're fighting for a playoff starts, spot, yeah. and they definitely yeah. are going to keep riding. Just Smith, pretty much still worth starting every swap start he gets, but probably not worth owning at this point because the starts are coming so few and far between. Uh, he's still been really good. Just Murray's really taken off, and obviously they want him to take that job. Uh, and then Corpusalo, fourteen percent. Don't know what's going to happen in Columbus. Could be the starting goalie in a month, a week. Who he's, knows? He's been the starting goalie yeah. since that whole incident yeah. happened. Bobrovsky yeah. played really well in the last game before their break. Uh, we'll they kind of went on a mini break before the All Star break. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens there coming out of the break. I imagine they go back to Bob, but who knows? It still seems like. At least seems he's more likely to get traded now, obviously, with that whole thing going down than he was before. Yeah. Uh, so, Corpus Allo could definitely be worth owning in the long term as well, the short term. He's just 14% owned. The quality team to play in front of us. Well. Exactly. But, a lot of these guys we just mentioned aren't all-stars. We are going to talk a little bit about some all-stars. Let's dive into our fantasy hockey all-star draft. So, as per usual, we decided our draft order in... By trying to guess just the most arbitrary of numbers uh, that there are. Yep. So this year, because the Flames are going to retire Jerome McGinley's number 12, we decided to go with Jerome McGinley's career points. Such a legend. Uh, whoever gets closest, Price is Right rules, uh, got to pick their draft spot. And Dylan actually got it correct. He Ooh. went with 1,252 which was one more than my guess of 1,251. Price is right to <laughs> right the shit out of me. Because there was no reason I got to pick last. Hey, hey, you hey. actually tried to make me pick first, and I said, hold on, yeah, I got to do math. Yeah. Yeah. And then really it came just... back around, and I said, can I Price is right this? And then you did. And the, mm-hmm. price, the math the Price is right the shit out of me. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Biebs went with uh, 1,169. But... yeah. Little backstory here, Beebs. He actually played for your hometown. Not actually hometown. I was like, well, I was born in Colorado. Stay it. Um, so your Avalanche. And then what happened while he played for the Avalanche? He got his thirteen uh, hundred point, and they made a huge big deal about it. And I was watching the game, and I was like, oh fuck, that's never, that's not gonna happen for a long time. And then I, just like every two hundred, like yep, fifty just points, less. like every university class I've ever taken in one year, right yeah. out the other. He's got thirteen hundred on the nose. Eh? Yeah. yeah, right on the right on the bottom. Thirty fourth all time. Yeah, it's amazing. Oh. Forty nine. So, I remember his forty nine points there. behind Matt Sunday. But anyways, let's dive into it. It's something huge. It didn't anyways. matter anyways because Dylan ended up taking the last pick. I took the second yeah. pick. So even though wait, you, who has the most uh, points among active NHL players? Sid. Joe Thornton. Yo, 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 Jumbo! You recovered well. You recovered yeah. well. Yeah, Jumbo. And second is Ovi. What? Is that real? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's about doing it for years, man. Yeah, but he's like so much younger than Joe. A couple more than Sid, yeah. Beeb okay. still ended up One with, more. with first overall pick. And so why don't you let the people know your team? But before we do that... Say, let's lay out this scoring here, bud. Six forwards, three defensemen, two goalies. This is the first the time hearing about the scoring format, so... 
during the first night, just the uh, the skills comp. Any skills comp win from your player, you get three. You get three points. It's been the same for like three years. Uh, oh yeah, two in the hardest class. Actually, do you know? Who, do we know who's doing what yet? No, we have no idea. That's why. That's why we do it now. It's, it's totally fair. <clears throat> and then during the games themselves, uh, you get two points for goal, one point for an assist, an additional point if you get a game-winning goal, and yeah. three points for any goalie win. Yep. So, uh, Beebs, you get first overall pick. Why don't you roll through your team, or do you guys want to go round by round? How do you guys want to do it? I don't think we remember the rounds enough to do round by round. So. Uh... I numbered by players. You number your players. I don't even have a sheet. I'm just. All right, so Peeps, roll, roll, th- <laughs> roll through your forwards and then uh, let us know why. We can recreate. Yeah. That was definitely number one. Uh, number one, I took uh, tough pick Connor McDavid um, yeah. because for the first time in his career, he's gonna have wingers around him. Um, number <laughs> with my second and third pick, I uh, took a clean shot at D. Yeah. Taking Matthews and Tavares. Yeah. The combo. Well, um, I think it makes more sense if we go like round by round. Like, yeah. Switch it too. Yeah. Okay, we can do that. So we get so the story behind. We'll it. start with Connor McDavid was taken first overall, but yes. Yeah. And that's just a given first of all. Yeah, so then I went to Brock, and then I had two picks. Snake trap, Brock again, and then B's two, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Brock. Well, I took Elias Pedersen at two uh, <laughs> just because he's been absolutely... Dr. Reach over here. He's been yeah. absolutely sensational all season. Filthy mitts. Dr. First... You know, he all- kept saying this like it's a, like a special thing to have good hands at the All Star. Yeah, but you know, he, the real reason I took him is he's a rookie. <laughs> he's going down his whole roster like dirty mitts, dirty, dirty mitts, dirty mitts. Sick shot. <laughs> they all, they're all pretty, Gross, good. Yeah, they're pretty good. But anyways, they're all All Stars. He's gonna be trying his ass off out there. He's yeah. a rookie in the All Star game. He's been great this year. Yeah. And you gotta play the he, narrative in the All Star. Co- he's exactly. He's coming in extremely rested as well. Missed a lot of time here in the last couple months, so he's coming in rested. He's ready to go. His as rest a is factoring into his All Star <laughs> performance. D to the U. Um, at that point, I had the swing three and four pick. I took Kucherov um, because that just seemed to make the most sense. He likes doing that that deke in the All Star game, yeah. um, and he was just the best player left on the board. So yeah. I went with Kucherov, and then I went on the board. He was the best player on the board. And then I went with Brent Burns because I want to be some of that hometown action. Hometown uh, All Star players are always able to impress. We see it year after year. Uh, we have to have three defensemen, so I just think Burns was the number one pick by far because we don't know if Carlson's going to play. So we actually went undrafted because no one wanted to risk it. Yep. I doubt he played as he missed the last what two games, three no. games, and they said they were going to hold him out till after the break, so that. I don't know. Doesn't seem like he's gonna play, but who knows? Right before Dylan's pick, I said, "Where's the All Star again?" Oh, San Jose. Yeah. And then he took Burns, and then I, I followed it up immediately with Joe Pavelski for the same reason. Another reach by yeah. Doctor Reach. And then I took a hard hit at D. Um, <laughs> grabbed two Maple Leafs. Yeah. Austin Matthews, John Tavares. Yeah. Scooped him up. My team. I think John Tavares isn't even gonna try, so I think it's a bad pick. But... <laughs> he's too nice. Yeah. But uh, he's yeah. passing off every opportunity he gets. But I, I don't even know if they're going to play together because they never play Probably together. not. But yeah. I was like, you know what? Let's just grab the Leafs. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, well, so after <laughs> I took... Power play, after I took two Pacific <laughs> Division yeah. forwards, I decided I got to, you know, move across the board here. I went over to the Metropolitan where we talked to... Uh, we talked about him a little bit on today's show. I took Sebastian Aho, absolutely. Again, fil- filthy mitts. Filthy mitts. Squad's terrible. Um, and then somehow in the third and fourth round, I get Nathan McKinnon and Miko Rantanen. Uh, you guys are thinking too much. I, I left him sitting there. I can't believe I left him sitting there. Yeah, you were just so spiteful that you wanted to take Matthews. Thought I could get him on the swing, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> you thought you'd get him all the way back. Uh, he's good yeah. back. No, that was the swing before. You had yeah. it right there. Yeah, so I took McKinnon and Rantanen because, duh. Uh, they're gonna be playing together the whole time. Yeah, total dog. And we were talking about it. They might just roll three forwards and put Landis yeah, out there too. Be hilarious. Not surprised at all. Yeah. yeah. 
It's funny that he's there. Gabe's throwing hits, too. You guys are thinking way too seriously about it. It's an all-star game. Bro, I'm saying, yeah, who's the you shittiest guy? You gotta take the underdogs. Our team is so bad. Yeah. You gotta take the underdogs. He's loaded up on the Metro. It's like clearly the worst yeah. division. We're going back to the Pacific for my fourth thing. Where I, took, <laughs> I took Johnny Gaudreau. <laughs> oh, there's a good one. Finally. Best 3 on 3 player in the league. That's actually a good one. For fun. Of course it was a good one. Don't know how Gaudreau dropped it. Is that so thing? He has the most overtime winners since the rule change? I yeah. assume so. Him and Le- Le- Leon and uh, Connor McDavid have been just the dirtiest call. You grab someone for filthy mitts, though. I went just straight filthy mitts in my next one. Okay. David, David Pasternak. That's what I did in my last pick, too, with control for the record. Yeah, is that who you picks. took next? And then what? And then uh, Brock. I think you took Yandel. Oh. You took Yandel. I did. I no, took... you took Gabe. You took Gabe really early. You oh, took Gabe yes. Yeah, Brock threw it. Because again, Spiteful Beeves didn't want to let me get yeah. the whole one. I took Gabe with my next pick. Yeah. Just to not let D get him. And because capping the abs, guy's got a got a show, you know. Yeah. He is a, truly a 30-goal yeah. scorer this year. So at this point, you're Boom. sitting with McDavid, Matthews, Tavares, Pashnak, and Landis yeah. So decent spot. No, I had Landis Cog should have went undrafted, but it's fine. Uh, <laughs> you guys were chirping my team at this point, so I went with a pretty obvious a one dare. here. Going back to the Metropolitan Division. <laughs> the guys took Pedersen second. Crosby? Sydney Crosby. Yeah. Oh, pretty, pretty good pick. Yeah. Brock decided but he needed one star on his all-star Yeah, anytime team, you get so. Crosby at like 12th overall, I'd say that's pretty good value. No. Not bad. Two to you, Uh, I took Stamkos. Because he was the best player available, and I also had Kucherov, so I thought they'd probably play together. So that's another connection right there. And now that I know this, he could be in the hardest shot competition as well. Exactly. Uh, and could potentially win it, because Shea Weber's not there, so anyone can win. Such it was. Yeah. Yeah? I don't know. He won something for me a couple of years ago. Seth the Bone. <laughs> uh, and then I took Thomas Shabbat. Because I wanted to show another blue line, and same thing with you, Brock. For another first-time guy exactly, there. Exactly. Yeah. I didn't even I, want he's to playing take... in Carlson's. All that. I think he's got a lot to prove, and that Atlantic team. He's going to be tearing. Is loaded. Yeah. I, think, I, I want him real bad. I wanted him. I wanted him. Yeah. But you know, it's uh, so at this point. I, that's just, why I didn't really want to take the, Crosby. Even just for just listeners, like... I have Kucherov, Burns, McKinnon, Ranton, Stamkos, Chubbot. Yeah. At this point in the draft. Well, my next pick, I fi- I figured out all of my forwards went back to the Metropolitan. To add to Crosby and Aho, and I added Matt Barzell. Filthy bits. Filthy bits. Um, this is where I made my pasta pick. That's why I made all it's my picks. Yeah. This, yeah. Was, this was where I made my pasta pick, because at this point I was like, oh shit, there's a Ds category? I gotta start choosing those. Mm-hmm. But I took pasta because what a name, and it's pasta. Got sick bits. And yeah, I did, what, Miro Heiskanen right after that? We haven't even talked about my D yet. Step back here, boys. Okay. Second time we jumped. You took Yandel, right? I haven't even talked. I haven't got there yet. I'm still on my. I thought you took him. Not not yet. No, because I had five forwards, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I need a D." (laughs) Yeah, Um, Brock, who'd you take next? You had two picks. I did. Okay, so yeah, so now I took Yandel. That's right. That's correct. (laughs) That happened in the draft too. Remember, he was just sitting there waiting for you to pick, and he had to take. This was my Yandel pick. So I took Keith the Candle Yandel. Um, Guys, (laughs) having an absolute blow up of a year this year. Um, He's gonna come out there and. Just show show what yeah. it's all about. And then me and you argued about how we shouldn't even be there. Yeah. And then uh, you said, if anyone from Florida should be there, it's Yandel. And I said, yeah, but that shouldn't be a rule. Mm-hmm. And then... Yeah. Yeah. They got it definitely it. shouldn't be a rule. We scrapped. We already talked about that. Um, uh, I, I, had to, I had to pick a defenseman next. Uh, I remember Seth Jones won a competition. Uh, he still won a couple of years ago. Maybe last year. He got me some points in this draft. I remember that. So I took him again. Seth Jones. D, two in a row. Uh... I realized it had a bit of an Atlantic stack going, so I just went all in. I took Vasilevsky as my first goalie because uh, I'm not going to take Jimmy Howard there. And then I took Jack Eichel. And I don't really like Eichel, but he seemed like another guy who would try really hard at the All-Star game, so I took him. 
Yeah, at this point, it became, it became clear. Andy's good. Andy's good. became clear that I was all in on the Pacific and the Metropolitan and uh, had to just stick with that trend. So I took Drew Doughty. The Metro. How did you feel when you realized you were all in on the Metro? I felt like that all these teams could win at any point in time because they're all good and nobody actually gives a shit there. So yeah. I, I just went with one team. And uh, I, won't, well, I won't with two teams, but the Metro and the East. And I'm totally fine with it because, I mean, I have Sidney Crosby, Sebastian Apple, Matthew Barzell. What is Crosby's effort level at? I feel like that's why op- I didn't even want to take him. He's not, doesn't seem I like feel like he's team. optimized yeah. it at this point, right? Like he knows what he's going in there to do. He knows how much he's given. But when the Metro go to the finals, they win money though, right? Isn't that a thing? Yes. Yeah. They um, probably try. I went goalie grab. <laughs> they probably next one. Competitive. Uh, They're in the show. Flow God, John Gibson out in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Sean Gibson, D's yeah. favorite player. Um, Sean. Yeah. How about I just call him out as the uh, Vesna candidate? Gonna win the Vezina, probably. Big John. Well, if they can start winning a game, if they make it into the playoffs, uh, if they make it into the playoffs, like he wins the Vezina. Yeah, man. like it would obviously be single handedly because of him. Well, and then gets on too. Not wrong. Yeah, took him so bad, and then I took uh, took a rookie out in Dallas, uh, Miro Heiskanen. I know, and he still had like a nineteen. We talked about how we love rookies, um, and it's just a guy who's gonna, you know, he's gonna want to flex his nineteen year old muscle. Yeah, I wanted Heiskanen too I, because I had the guys in the center. We all got one rookie, so we'll be fine. Brock, who do you got? I'd mark Andre Fleury. Seems like a... The Fleur! I don't have a rookie, but I have Chabot, if that's what you mean. Same thing. Yeah. I took... Uh, <laughs> I, I took Fleury because he just seems like a beauty, and the All-Star game seems like a place where he would uh, thrive. Fleury! Yeah, so he's just the best, so... You took Fleury there? Yeah. You... What? Yeah. Okay. Um, I took Rene because he's obviously better than Fleury, and... Any other goalie left there? He's really been the best goalie in the NHL for the last Again, year and a half. Again, two literally. Yeah. It's an All Star game. And then I That's also, I also had a bit of a Central stack going. It was a bit of an Atlantic Central thing with the Colorado pair. So then I went Rene, and then I went Wheeler again on top of that because uh, I figured if Wheeler was ever on with Branton and Orlando's gone, the puck would probably end up in the net. So <laughs> you'd hope so. You'd hope. Uh, then I. Obviously, since I've clearly boycotted the Atlantic and Central for this entire draft, I took Chris Letang. Tanger. Because, you know, I figured that he's probably going to play with any of these really fucking amazing players and they're going to get points because it's an all-star game. Wow. So that swing came back to me. So um, just because I was able to do it. It's better than dirty mitts, at least. Yeah, dirty <laughs> mitts. Um, I had to get through it somehow. So I, I believe with this pick, I took... Your last two players. Yeah. Patrick Kane and Jimmy Howe. Patrick going to score me a hat-trick Kane. And uh, that's why, just because I can make a sweet name. It's Patrick Kane. I took him late. Um, it's for sure not why you took gonna the candle. Patrick Kane is going to be... Yeah, the handle the candle. Patrick Kane is going to be so hungover at this game yeah. that he's not going to do good. But I still got him late. And uh, final pick, <laughs> Jimmy Howard. Jimmy Jimbo Howard. Definitely the fattest player in the All-Star game. <laughs> I've seen him at Pilates in person. He's yeah. not that big. You've seen him at Pilates? Yeah, crazy. During the off-season. Where? Xanadu. No. Yeah. I swear to God. No. Yeah. What? Well, yeah. I, I, you didn't tell like, me before they, right now? This was like you saw six years ago. Probably. Doing Pilates. Yeah. And you just never thought to tell me. How weird is it? You're in the change room. You look over. You're like, I know this guy. I don't know why I know this. And you're like, holy fuck. That's Jimmy Howard. And he's just like changing. You're like, don't. Don't. Just just don't even say hi right now. It's not the time. I you should look up, my way you should look up Jimmy Howard like softball on Twitter. He was in like a yeah, so I'm at a softball tournament. <laughs> 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 he's got a barrel of it there. <laughs> 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 I 
think he's in that bad. Total opposite of Colossus. Uh, I took Roman Yossi as last pick. Because it was actually my pick next. I took Brady's whole feed, but it doesn't matter. And then I took Yossi. Thomas Bott. Because uh, I don't think there was any other defenseman out there. Maybe Carlson. You could have taken that. We didn't uh, take it yeah. for the aforementioned reasons. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed uh, uh, episode 420. Brock, are you actually going to have this up? Yeah, oh, absolutely. I do it every year. We will uh, tweet these out. Let us know who you guys think have the best squads. We'll see who wins on Monday's episode. A lot of bragging rights, maybe a couple cases of beer on the line. We'll see you guys back here next <laughs> week. Too. Can't wait to win three cases. <laughs>